a random encounter at a broadcasting facility, a shared interest and love of all things Marvel, Excelsior, a misinterpreted program title, and behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick, podcaster and comic book enthusiast, and Eddie Wilson, upstate New York radio announcer, still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter! What are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. Welcome everyone to The Marvelists Presents Mischievous Musings, a low-key podcast. I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. And Josh Rosengrant is on assignment on Krakoa, the island that walks like a man, because we've used that one before and it was close enough for me to remember. I thought we'd send him to one of the nine realms. Good enough. So kind yeah, of he's to there. This. Listen to Eddie, not me. Ah, uh, okay. There he is. There I am, and there you are. And, and joining us on the other end of the tin cannon string, returning guest Jeremy Bagley. Welcome back. Hey, fellas, it's North to be back. Nice. Oh man, you were waiting for the opening, I suppose. Well, before we get into the usual rigmarole of today's episode, and actually, I want uh, Jeremy to throw at us some of the other episode titles he wanted us to use for this show because he had a, he had a number of them and I'm just like man those are really good but before we get into all that how can people get hold of us on them our social media is Eddie you're glad you asked Facebook Twitter Instagram at the Marvelists you can also find us individually Twitter Instagram for myself at Peter Melnick I'm on TikTok at Peter Melnick but better and I don't know why I'm on there that site sucks you can also find Eddie on multiple social media platforms or just two Instagram at Eddie9193 and on Facebook, Eddie Wilson. Multiple is two. Uh, Three or more. Like few Mm. is, okay, several. Mm. You know, two is two, couple, duo. Mm. Oh, Duolingo. I guess I'm 470 something days in my Spanish lessons. Muy bien. Grazie. In a boat. Italian, but. In a row? That's amore. That's Italian. Hey, Eddie. What did Dean Martin say at the aquarium? Yeah, go ahead. That's Amore. It's Amore. Amore Uh, eel. Anyway, you can also find us on a wide variety of streaming platforms, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, you name it. Wherever you can find an RSS feed, we'll be there. Exactly. Yamo even. Okay. You can also find us on iTunes. Rate, review, subscribe, share, five star. If you're ever so inclined. inclined. Uh, If you're Tom. Wait, what? Go ahead, Jeremy. Share. Share. Yes. Sonny! I got you, babe. Sonny boy. You can also... <laughs> what stay, that on, look? stay on your side of the microphone. Just <laughs> dang nabbit. You can also find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash... A Marvelous. And for uh, $3 and up, you support the show. $3 gets you early access to episodes. $5 gets you Fantastic Voyage, as well as our upcoming new series. You Eddie? haven't read that? Yeah, where Eddie Wilson reads comics he's never read before until now and he gives his take on them and i discuss the cultural and comic book impact of them ramalama ramifications even exactly you can also listen to our fantastic voyage podcast on there where every month we talk about every issue of stan lee and jack kirby's iconic legendary and fantastic even run of the fantastic four and you really need to say instead of every like n as in one at a time issue it's just overwhelming otherwise i'm just saying Yes. You overwhelm me with that goatee of yours. Tee off. 
You can also find us again on there, and for $8 and up, you can be able to guest host this show if you don't suck, and you can also suggest episode topics for this show. Now, also support the show at belowthecollar.com slash The Marvelists. And get our Dad Joke Immune shirt, because God willing, if you've made it this far, you are in fact... Dad Joke Immune, or on your way. Pretty much. At least Dad Joke Exposed, Vaxxed, whatever. So, so, gentlemen, this episode we are talking about Loki, episode numero tres. Three, where Loki finds out the variant's plans, but he has his own that will forever alter both their why, destinies. Why are you talking like William Shatner now? It's the announcer overread that, you know, what you see when you pull up Disney Plus and you see the title synopsis. Which is Lamentis. Lamentis. Yeah, I thought it was Laments first, but it's Lamentis, yeah. And, gentlemen, mm. what did you think of this episode? Jeremy, you go first. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I know it was shorter than the other episodes, uh, but, you know, not being um, really that non-Neapolitan, I like short things. So I thought they told a really good story in about 40 minutes. Uh, it was action-packed. It was a nice little bit of an escape from being inside the TVA. And um, I really like kind of digging into if everything that she says is true or everything that Loki says is true, kind of the backstories and the, you know, juxtaposition between both the Lady Loki and the Loki from the timeline that we're familiar with. Now, Lady Loki does have a name in the series, and it, Eddie, it is? Sylvie. And because, because she keeps saying, don't call me Loki. Don't call me variant. You know, and we get Sylvie, I believe. And it got me thinking, you know, discussion with a couple different people about this. And future guest host for this uh, show, Nick Wells. Nick remarked that the speculation is that's the Enchantress. Update. In regards to this, Sylvie is actually the Enchantress. So, yes, I'm recording with a laptop microphone because I'm too lazy to set up my actual audio update. Thank you. I'm the ghost of Robert Stack. Good enough guess as any, I think. Sure. And, Eddie, by the way, this episode, what did you think of it? Very much uh, centered on these two characters, Loki and Lady Loki, or Sylvie, um, as opposed to the other two episodes where it was different. It was all over, and I had to really go back at least to the first one, to get more grounded as to the setup as to where this was starting to go. But did and you like it? I did. I did. <laughs> that was what I asked. Going Not through. like, what happened, Eddie? I like, well, you wanted the short version? I liked it. Oh. Mm-hmm. Moving right along. Bear and a Studebaker. helmet make me half horny. See, I got that text from you, and I was trying to find a way to segue into that joke, so thank you for being the one to do it. Shoe or head horning in. There you go. Okay. Hornhead. Oh, it's something else. All right. And yeah, that joke was purely made up on the fly and not rehearsed earlier. See, that's with, how we like that. Mm-hmm. With this episode, I thought it was okay, but from a visual standpoint, I really loved it. When we're seeing them in the year of 2077, that got me excited. Although, I'm wondering, is that as far into the future as we're going to go? Because I kind of don't want to see them just stick with that year in the future. There is a certain year. That's very important in the Marvel Universe that I want to see them go to. Hey, maybe here, maybe... Yeah, 2099. Because in the Lost recording of Episode 2, I actually had gone in detail about why I'd like to see that. And, well, 
too bad for you people because I got lost in time. <laughs> but no, in all honesty, I like the idea of that, you know, going for that because you're seeing him interact with, like, let's say Spider-Man 2099, and he just remarks, you're not Spider-Man. Yeah, I know. I'm a Spider-Man from the future. Yeah. That's yeah, great. that's just going to be the opening, the beginning. That's the first, I think, 2099 character I ever encountered in any comic book collecting form. Because then you have, what, about a half a dozen, maybe, or a handful of other 2099 titles, characters. Yeah. And who can forget Ravager 2099? Ravage. There's no Not R- good enough. Just Ravage 2099. Let's sure. go Ghost Rider 2099. Let's go X-Men 2099. Am I missing anybody? Well, the Hulk one, but that's me. Hulk 2099. Pe- Thank pe- you. He was by a pedophile, though. Big teeth. To ignore that guy. Big, sharp, pointy teeth. You didn't know that? No. Yeah, the guy got uh, arrested. Ugh. Yeah. He also did the Dragon Balls. Uh, uh, I bet he did. No, he <laughs> He did the uh, Dragon Ball uh, adaptation in America. Uh, he did the uh, manga translation. Did not. He's know. kind of a scumbag. So we're not going to no- name his name, also just because I don't remember his name. Th- that but that works. Okay. It's very helpful for uh, forgetting something at that moment. Yeah. But the question of this episode, at least to start with, is Vic Morrow. Is how many people are guarding the timekeepers? That's what Lady Loki wants to know of this uh, TVA agent. What C twenty? I think it was. And they have that. Bingo. Yeah. Ah, yeah. You sunk my battleship. <laughs> Something else. Okay. See, I like that one a little bit more. Okay. That's good. Thank you. But she's very well trained in combat fighting. And uh, then we, you know, again, land, like you said, in that year 2077. This, I think, is the first time they've gone really ahead in the future. You yeah. Know, it landed in a year that far out and so on. So um, we got a sure. moon that's going to crash into a planet. That's apocalyptico. Yeah. Mel Gibson. And a, and a broken time travel type device that they need to work with each other, that is Loki and Lady Loki, without killing each other, quite literally, it seems. And the whole, th- you know, it was almost comedic about the whole thing about boarding the train, Loki uh, dressing as one of the guards so he could kind of blend in, and the whole ticket thing, you either have your ticket or you don't have your ticket. And I just got a sense of uh, Titanic. You know, you want to get on that vessel, whatever? You need Why, because they're British, or- Eddie? No, it wasn't anything to do with that. In fact, just backing up to when they do the initial opening scene and you get to the changing, moving, if you will, Loki, letters of Loki, I, I got with the music that was there, this time at least, or maybe I have all along, a WandaVision vibe. Why just, just, in, just in the tonality of, of that music that was going along with it, and it reminded me of something... In, in that, so it might have been just that musical style. Although on the subject of the music, the opening and closing songs really were throwing way back to stuff that I was like, okay, they're really going to a different decade, like big band perhaps stuff. I don't Which know we got... haven't seen since, I want to say, the uh, Captain America Any cap stuff, exactly. Mm-hmm. I am in complete agreement. Uh, the song was Dark Moon. Um, the end, yeah. particular version was the Bonnie guitar version of Dark Moon. Uh, and I had read online that at one point in 1957, it had reached number six on the Billboard Top 100. Why didn't I go to my uh, book right away? I'm doing that now. Eddie, See can, me can, can you pretend to be Casey Kasem for a little bit? Uh, that's right. <laughs> keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. Now what about the dead dog? I, during their uh, beginning conversation when uh, the Lady Loki and Loki were kind of feeling each other out. Uh, not there. literally, because... You know, although I guess if you're, it's just a variant of yourself, then it's really just, you know, a good time at home with a box of Kleenex, right? Another day at the, Bonnie Guitar, look at you go, 57. 
also done in 57 by Gail Storm. Yeah, and that version reached number four on the Billboard that box, is co- or, uh, Top 100. Now so I know who, people could not get over that song. Now I know who's filling in for me on the radio when I need it. It's going to be Jeremy. <laughs> but one of the interesting things that uh, Loki says to Lady Loki uh, is he tells her that she lacks vision, and I thought that was interesting because that's something that you would never tell a Scarlet Witch. <laughs> Good point. Uh, I, I noticed one or two things like that as well. They were kind of uh, callbacks. We'll get there. And one of the comments in regards to the TVA, somebody remarked about it on Reddit, the user Dempsky. So the TVA really just kept a bunch of variants for free labor. Well, you know. And, it, you know, the whole idea of they were under the impression that, you know, I think they were born into it. And like, no, no, they weren't. They're, they're literally just, you know, variants. They're all over. So what does that mean with the character of Mobius? Who is Mobius a variant of? Hmm. Well. Thank you, Ronald Reagan. Uh Uh-huh. Thank you, Josh. (laughs) I'm thinking, you know, anybody answer? Anybody? Anyone? Bueller? Mm -hmm. What if he's a variant of the character from The Wedding Crashers, and Vince Vaughn's going to show up as a Cree, and... It'll make a bunch of money, but it won't be really good. Yeah. Wow. By the way, uh, somebody involved with the show recently confirmed Owen Wilson does not say wow in any of the episodes of Loki that are going to be coming up. Well, they, they, if he did, they cut it out. Wow. Maybe. I don't know. Wow. And by the way, this is, <laughs> this is an Owen Wilson-free episode and kind of broke my heart because I've been enjoying seeing him in the show so far, all two episodes thus far previous to this. But... I did enjoy the fact that, again, this was an episode where we're getting a character building for this for Sylvie. We have Sylvie sitting there in the uh, the train having the back-and-forth conversation. And by the way, all it is is just, let's get a shot of Loki's face. Let's get a shot of Sylvie's face. Let's get a wide Loki. shot of both. Yeah, and then going yeah. wide, face, face, wide. Simple. Face. Yep. And, but it... It works. It works for the storytelling. It works for the world building. And they're 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 civil with each other, polite even, so to speak. Uh, they're remembering what his mom at least um, the the whole thing about finding well finding out that they're both adopted. So we've got a commonality. Champagne comes by and Loki says, "I'll I'll take hers." <laughs> you ever notice when somebody says a word and you think they're about to say something else, but then it turns out, oh no, they said something else instead. I was thinking you were expect I was expecting you to say shampoo. They just wash oh. their luscious hair, you know. Both bubbly. Yes, and they told two friends and Wella and so on and Balsam and yeah. Mm-hmm. And the hand. One of the I interesting things about their conversation about uh, is it Frigga? Is that what the her friggin' name is? Y- yes, mom was Frigga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, was that um, she says I barely have blips of a dream at this point when they're talking about her. So she doesn't really remember mom that much and i just was curious because these are both gods of mischief uh if there's not a little bit of a ruse going on here like i know we're supposed to take everything at face value but um i mean these both these two people are both survivors in their own way and i'm just curious if that she never met her and that was just kind of a an opportunity to kind of just break him down a little bit you know get him in a more uh vulnerable emotional state yeah uh just because it seems like they're playing chess 
almost more than they were actually conversing. It's another level of uh, character development, like you said, breaking down, maybe getting you to feel for the character of Loki, like in the previous episode when he finally got the plans that he could get to, and that was the deconstruction or, sorry, destruction of Asgard. And one of the things in regards to the conversation between the two Lokis, Loki and Sylvie, Reddit user Frank Ocean 2 remarked, is Loki uh, Loki flirting with Loki? I, I don't. I don't know. And you know, there are the joke comments such as "self love is very important," incest or masturbation, or neither, or both. Love is hate. Self cessed. Love is mischief. And then somebody remarked this, and this is very much the most true statement in regards to the character of Loki or Loki's. Name a person Loki loves more than himself. I don't know it, if we can do that. It fits. Yeah. It definitely fits. Because Hashtag Hall of Notes. No can do. And I think the close one would be his adopted mother. That would be right. about as yep. close as possible. I'm good with that. Yeah, absolutely, because more so than his father, from what we'd, we'd seen and stuff, yeah. And the other love is thing was uh, love is an imaginary dagger. Oh, that was a terrible metaphor. Love is a battlefield, Eddie. Well, Pat Benatar, thank you. Here's... Love is a highway. Oh. I want to ride it. Okay. Tom Cochran, yeah. Love Life. is like a pile driver. <laughs> it feels. It feels. It feels <laughs> like a pile driver. Yeah, pile driver. Another. There's there's Loki <laughs> smashing the goblet. There's a throwback. I thought Which right bro- away to Thor in the coffee shop with the coffee oh, mug. That absolutely is. And like somebody remarked, I would imagine Tom Hiddleston has been wanting to do that you know <laughs> line for a while. Just again. Also, by the way, somebody pointed out that the line of "I'm not drunk. I'm full." Yeah. Full is a Norse term for drunk. Is that right? Yeah. Nice. So it's very much one of those, let's just, you know, do that. And then uh, let me also throw in, too, the next drop of the phrase, glorious purpose. Glorious! Loki Tom Hiddleston to Lady Loki Sylvie. Your glorious purpose. Glorious! Man, I'm going to get a lot of use out of that sound drop I used. It keeps coming back. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it it's very much again they like reusing certain words, certain phrases in this series. I believe uh, episode number two was what was it again? What the name of the yeah the name of the the variant the variant yeah keeps being used, but it makes perfect sense because that's what this show is about. Mm -hmm. And by the way, with this show, what it's about, it's about the story of Loki, and we're already at a halfway point. Yeah, We're almost done with the series. Right, well, they leave in the middle of an action scene because they are on now running, what is it, to take over this arc. And and boom, you know, we, we've we got explosions going on here. and Earth-shattering kabooms. That's exactly right, Marvin the Martian. And there was supposed to be a kaboom, an earth-shattering kaboom. Wait a minute. I thought Josh wasn't on this episode. You stop that. <laughs> but in regards to... Overall, you know, with the upcoming episodes, Tom Hiddleston himself has remarked that I believe episodes four and five are his favorites. So it's going to be very interesting to see what those could entail. Does that mean we're going to get a return of the TVA as soon as possible and they do their own thing and it's everything goes to hell? By the way, one thing about these Disney Plus shows that I've been enjoying is First three or four episodes, we don't get a post-credit sequence. 
Right. We but do yet, not, yeah. And yet we all still look. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We have been trained. Pavlovian or not. Mm-hmm. I'm just waiting for that peach every time. George. And then I guess, according to that conversation he had, sometimes Loki is too. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I think this episode had, just as a little matter of tidbit, that, that uh, what I'm calling a time door that shows up. This time, instead of being a stand-up one, it's, it's laying down horizontal and you fall through it. This is the first, I think, first appearance of the time door laying down. Narrator, does it really matter? I don't know. One of the other things about this episode that really caught my eye was the overall visual aesthetic of the episode, where if you remember, I think last week I said, part of the score reminds me of Vangelis of Blade Runner. Well, this episode itself reminded me of either Blade Runner or Blade Runner 2049 with the, the color of purple and everything, the very neon kind of color very futuristic because well they're in the future yeah but that overall cyberpunk kind of vibe to it like cyberpunk 2077 came out and that's kind of the vibe of what this is as well neon colors just flashing in your eyes and giving it its own feel to it this these episodes give this such a much more unique feel than anything that there has been in the overall MCU thus far. Would you guys be would you guys be inclined to agree? Yeah, pretty much, but I was just going to say on the time element of what what time is it that is the episode is it 737 is it current time as in 2021? We don't really have that established. We're just kind of like taking for granted that with the events that happened with Endgame that have led up to this series beginning. Well, this is definitely post Endgame. So we're figuring on present day. Yeah, because this is okay. It's well. Yeah, now I know where you're coming from with that. That is, I don't even know. You know, we don't know what year it is per se, but we don't maybe have to know. Present day is enough. There are the people out there who do the hardcore Marvel yeah. cinematic universe viewing orders. I pity these people for where they're trying to figure this out because one mo- you're they're like Charlie from It's Always Sunny when he's trying to figure out who Pepe Silva is. He's using all the different pieces of string to pinpoint what is what. This is what this timeline is right now because it is oh so funky. You call it flash funk. Oh so funky. Yep. That's all for his TED Talk. Thank you for coming. Jeremy, any more wrapping up thoughts here? Well, I think one of the cool things about this, um, the first appearance of Lamentis outside of the Marvel Cinematic Universe was in 2007 in the Annihilation Prologue number one, which was the uh, 2007 kind of summer. You know, Marvel has their big summer event every year. So there is some internet clamorings that this may be a... uh, uh, an opportunity to kind of usher in Annihilus, which would be... uh, Interesting, because he kind of goes along, if I'm not mistaken, a lot with the Fantastic Four's kind of lexicon or history. So um, it's an opportunity to kind of drop some hints at some future uh, bad guys there. With Lamentis, though, too, when we do see where they have landed, the Loki and Lady Loki is, and maybe, I'm assuming, because of the way they put it, what you saw on the screen was Lamentis 1. So more than one of these things. Well, Eddie, you know what happens when you assume. Asumi. Mm-hmm. You make yes, you make an asu at a. You make an Asgard of olive bulb. Nice. I like that on a side salad with some. Anyway, 
My ass guard is sore. And so is mine, and I think that's going to wrap this episode. Yeah, because tomorrow's oh, Thor's day, and we'll, we'll need to be ready for that. Hammer time! We'll you, huh? What? And we'll need to get hammered. That's exactly right. Margarita style or otherwise. Mead. Mead. I love. I love that Eddie made the look because you. He mentioned margaritas, which is a Jeremy Bagley trademark drink, and he just looks like, "Come on, get my joke, get my joke." If you want to feel good about it, I did a bicep flexing thumbs up for the phone. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll take your word for it. We've seen those. (laughs) So yeah, overall, I'm doing that about 23 hours a day anyway, so it's all good. Right on. I just discovered today that your cell phone camera can actually be used to take pictures of other people. That I did not know. Yeah. Okay. Huh. The more you know. Technology edition. So, gentlemen, again, overall, this episode, it was, it was okay. Not my favorite of the season, you know. Maybe maybe it's the lack of Owen Wilson. But we needed the you know the butterscotch Palomino. He wasn't there. Can we hit pause real quick and not in the recording? This may be the first recorded time in history that somebody said this wasn't any good because Owen Wilson wasn't in it. Yeah. It is very much a possi- big possibility, but yeah. Including this is Owen Wilson. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I thought it was an okay episode. It wasn't, you know, mind-blowing or anything. You know, it wasn't planet-blowing. But I liked, I liked what I saw, but we're at that lull point right now. Because starting next week, that's when things are really going to be kicked up to 11. Bam! That's, that's up my, a notch. That's my opinion. Emerald Lagasse. Eddie, yourself? I'm here. Thank you. Yes. I enjoyed it. I take it as it is, face value or otherwise, no, no reference to the Phil Collins album. And this is where they're taking us, so let's just hang on. The ride's just going to get ramped up now. We're getting into the second half, you know. Get 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 your uh, bathroom break in. Reload on the snacks, and here we go. Until next week, Jeremy. If I could, just for a second, prolong the agony. Uh, Time. Oh, sorry. Let's hear some powers from Loki that we hadn't seen before, like the fireworks. The fireworks. Thing. Yep. Uh, that, I guess that would be uh, who was that New York Giants football player that blew his hand off of fireworks. Um, Michael Jackson. Anyway, Pepsi commercial. Oh, I was going to name it after him, but <laughs> no, the, that joke's so bye bye. No, um, no, it was his hair, and it was a Pepsi commercial. Come on. I did yeah, say, I did um, and then we we also saw him kind of do this like when he tried to do it in the trial. He kind of tried to do this like hip gyration where he was going to throw some powers at people, um, and he did that to that fallen building column, and it like went right back up. So I'm just curious if we're you know, we haven't seen enough of Loki one-on-one to have seen these powers before. If something's changed about him or if he's got ahead to step it up or, you know, what that has to Maybe we're just seeing a variant of a variant of a variant of Loki. You know, I just, I'm curious as to why these powers are things that we haven't seen before. But he throws like green blasts at some people. It, it, was, uh, it was just a different power set than we've seen before on, in the movies. Maybe just weren't looking. Oh, you were. You know you were. You were low-keying, too. <laughs> Those powers are very low-key. So they come up to now the, the forefront, and we find a little more, again, added dimension, more about the character in general. Because you can't just show, I think, 
and reveal everything about a character at once. It's too much input, sensory input to to uh, absorb and digest, and and so we're seeing what else can be done and different characterizations that he's not the only one who can mind manipulate or influence, however you want to call it, with that mind control. Yes, dice. It's a conspiracy. There's a lot of mind control going on, especially in this show, Loki. Hi, this is Jesse Ventura, and I'm back from Minnesota. Car crash noise right now. Oh, no. Now, gentlemen, before we go, I love you all. Thank you. Oh, thank you, too. Aww. For the Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. I am Dr. Jeremy Bagley. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior!